0: Tonight we want to get to the message. Uh, the other day I was listening to a podcast, and on this podcast, this guy uh, he called in and uh, he had a picture of himself. He was like on a Skype chat or a Facetime or something. And the problem was, is his face looked very disfigured. It almost looked like he had Italian sausage on his nose. At first I was like, man, I don't know what's going on. With this guy. It looks like it was frostbite or something. But as he started opening up about his story, he was driving down the road. He was going about 35 miles an hour, and as he was driving, he had a seizure. As he had a seizure, he veered off the road and hit a brick wall at 35 miles an hour. The airbag didn't come out, and his face hit the steering wheel. So we had to have reconstructive surgery. And part of having reconstructive surgery, they had to take skin from his leg and do all kind of crazy stuff. Now, this guy, he was talking and he was saying that, you know, right after surgery, he was in ICU for six months. He was unconscious for a couple of months. And, and he, he comes out. And then within a week of getting out of surgery, he catches COVID. As he catches COVID, his father catches COVID. And then through everything he's been through, his father dies and passes away from COVID. So the guy was heartbroken. He was crying And he just said, I am overwhelmed, and I just don't know what to do. And I ain't going to lie, I got emotional, because if we look all around us, there's people everywhere that just feel overwhelmed. There is people around us at work, at the grocery store, even here in church, where life just makes them feel overwhelmed. Life is not easy, even for a Christian. So that's where I come up with the title, What Am I to Do? Becoming Victorious. So, what am I to do when I feel overwhelmed? You know, overwhelmed is a word that, you know, it, we use it when we often feel that we're at the end of our rope. We use overwhelmed when we feel like there's nothing else we can do. I am overwhelmed with the situation, I don't know what to do anymore. I'm just completely to the end of my rope. You know, we're living in a world that has been described as overwhelming situations and overwhelming events, overwhelming concerns, and overwhelming problems all throughout the world. You know, growing up, the word overwhelm, I never really used. Growing up as a child, I never remember saying, I am overwhelmed with school. I'm overwhelmed with playing outside. I'm overwhelmed uh, shooting BB guns with each other with Dwayne over there. Like, you know, I never felt like I was overwhelmed in life. But the times and situations we are living in, it is a word that is expressed more often than none now. You know, we all know the troubles of the world have a way of making their way into our life. Even as Christians, we can become overwhelmed by these problems. These issues of life just flooding our personal world and causing confusion. And sometimes allowing us to be distracted and veered off course. Even as Christians, we can become overwhelmed by the problems of the world. Issues of life have a way of flooding our personal space. We get overwhelmed by relationships falling apart, by childs running astray. They came to church their whole life, and then now they've run astray. We've, we've come to a place where our new jobs are too difficult. Our businesses are falling apart. We were having health issues, overwhelming debt, unrealistic expectations, exhaustion, where we feel like we're just running on empty constantly. You know, there's so much to become overwhelmed by in the world we live in. You know, we can feel overwhelmed because there's too much of everything in our world. <clears throat> You know, you go to every corner of the, of, of the city, and there's four gas stations on every corner. Which one do you choose? You go to the dollar store, and right next to it is a Dollar General. Right next to it is a grocery store. Which one do you choose? You go to CVS, but right across the street is a Walgreens. Which one do you choose? You go to HEB, and there's 90,000 tubes of toothpaste. They're all the same, but they have different, they have different labels on them. You go to the grocery store, and there's the same thing of everything, and it's just, what do you do? I feel overwhelmed. I'm going down the aisle to get a loaf of bread, but there's 39 feet of bread. What do I do? Life can just be overwhelming. We're living in a world with too much information. Information's great, but there's so much information. Within seconds, you can communicate to all parts of the world. There's just so much information. There's news feeds with propaganda. There's protests, political agendas, shootings all over the place, persecution, wars, rumors of wars. Everything is just crashing. Sell everything. Buy gold. Cash your 401k out. What are we going to do? There's too much social media, too many notifications, too many emails. What are we to do? We are living in a place that has just become overwhelming. When we are overwhelmed, the one thing a Christian knows is the devil's trying to distract us. He is trying to make us busy and take, us focus, take our focus off of God. You know, usually people in life, they become overwhelmed and they start looking for outlets. They start drinking alcohol. They start doing drugs. And the next thing you know, they've done created more problems because they've tried to run from the problems that they have right now. You know, what do we do? There's children going to bed hungry all over the world. There's people that just need clean water. People living in everyday mountains of debt, feeling like there's no freedom in sight. So many people overwhelmed by work, just feeling that they can't keep up. The more the work, the less they have. It's like a continual cycle. A lot of people are also emotionally overwhelmed. We are living in a day and age where people are so emotionally overwhelmed with life. They put too much expectations on their self. People are consumed with worry, consumed with depression, overwhelmed by anxiety, overwhelmed by loneliness, by shame, by guilt, by grief, by anger, by resentment, by bitterness, overwhelmed by insecurities. And when when you're overwhelmed by insecurities, all you try to do is handle every situation and try to control everything because you're so insecure that you're so worried that people are trying to find out what's really the truth of your personal being. What do we do when we feel overwhelmed financially, physically, emotionally, or mentally? What do we do when we feel like the marriage isn't working out? What do we do when we have been praying and praying and praying and we feel like the answer hasn't came to us yet? What do we do? Well, what we do is we turn to God for help. God is is the problem solver of every problem in the world. He is the number one conqueror. He is our great victor. He is our great champion. Goliath was the champion of the Philistines. Well, God is the champion of our life. You know, I have realized in life that people will never know God is all they need until they discover God is all they have. That's that's how it was in my life. I didn't know God, God was all I need until that was all I had left. Tonight, we're going to be looking at a great story of God's deliverance. Enough with all the negativity. We're going to be encouraged now, and we're going to see how to be victorious. We're going to see how to be victorious in our daily walk. Tonight, we're going to be talking about a great story of God's deliverance that will encourage us and help us to know what to do when we don't know what to do. We're going to be reading 2 Chronicles 20, Uh, a little backstory: King Jehoshaphat, he had a real problem on his hands. He was going through some real stuff in life. And this problem affected not just him, but his entire nation. Sometimes the problems that we have in life affect our entire family, affect our entire work environment. In verse 2 of uh, 2 Chronicles 20, it says a great multitude was coming against them. He looks out and says in every direction they're coming against him. There was armies of all the surrounding nations coming to conquer him. They are closing in all around us. And there was no time to prepare for the battle. He is in an overwhelming situation, an overwhelming predicament, an overwhelming dilemma, an overwhelming crisis. He says that the crisis is hitting him from every direction. Have you ever had all the problems in the world feel like they're hitting you from every direction? I mean, you walk forward and they're hitting you from the back. You back up and they're hitting you from the front. Life can just be that way. We pretty much know when we've hit this kind of place. Because the moment we, we, we hit a place like this, when we are in an overwhelming crisis, what do we usually do? Our emotions try to take charge. We become emotionally engaged into the situation that's overwhelming. In verse 3, it says Jehoshaphat was afraid because his emotions took charge. He was afraid of what was going on around him. He was terrorized because this problem he did not know how to fix. There's sometimes that we face problems in life and we just don't know how to fix them. Well, this enemy, you know, he didn't know what to do with them. A problem too big for him to handle. We are told in the midst of his problem that he turned his eyes to seek the Lord. You know, we see a picture of him looking up because looking out could not solve any of his problems. Sometimes we're so focused on the problems in front of us that we never take the time to look up because when we look up, that's when the problems are solved. Jehoshaphat sought the Lord. He wanted to bring God into the equation of his dilemma. You know, we know we're in overwhelming dilemma when the harder we try, we get nowhere. It's almost like being in quicksand. The harder you try, the more you try to do, the further you sink. Well, you know, what he decides to do is turn to the Lord. He gets everyone in the nation to turn to the Lord. It says in verse 4, So Judah gathered together and asked help from the Lord. It said, and from all the cities of Judea, they came to seek the Lord. He proclaimed a fast. He proclaimed a prayer. You know, this was, a, this was possible because in the previous chapter, in chapter 19, he, he led the whole nation to come back to Christ. 2 Chronicles 19.4 says, Jehoshaphat went out again among the people and brought them back to the Lord. Sometimes we got family members out there that are just running astray. They're overwhelmed with life. They're overwhelmed with addictions, overwhelmed with death. Sometimes we just need to go pick them up and bring them back to the Lord. You know, being right with God is something that is necessary in order for us to hear a word from God. We can fast. We can pray all we want. But but unless we get right with God, there's no guarantee he's going to respond. Sometimes we just got to make that step and we got to get right with God so God can hear that prayer, so God will hear that voice, we can hear what God's trying to do in our life, and then we can make corrections. You know, God doesn't just want us to pray to get out of a problem just so we can ignore Him when the problem's fixed. He wants a living, personal relationship with everyone. Jehoshaphat, in verse 12, he makes this statement We're calling upon you because we just don't know what to do. But our eyes are focused on you. When we are facing difficult challenges in the world, we need to keep our focus on Jesus because Jesus is the problem solver to everything we have. We don't need to look in front of us. We don't need to look around us. We just need to look up and we just need to give all the problems to Him. We like to be in control, but God says say, but God has a way of, uh, of letting us know how bad we need Him when we can't fix problems on our own. You know, we try so hard to get things done. But God has a way of letting us know when we really need him. So as we continue, it says, uh, Israelites stood there and God spoke to a man named he said, In verse 15, he said, listen, all of you in Judea. He said, do not fear or be dismayed of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but it's God. When, peoples, when people heard the, this message, they fell down and worshiped. I want to encourage you that whatever battle you're facing in life, whatever struggle you're facing in life, you online, whatever you're going through in life, the battle's not yours. You submit it to the Lord, and you seek the Lord, and you give it to Him because it's His battle, not yours. So what do we do? I got four takeaways from this. So the first thing we need to do when we feel overwhelmed, the first thing is be rooted in prayer. Every Christian needs to be rooted in prayer. That's the first thing Jehoshaphat did. 2 Chronicles 23 through 5, and it says, And Jehoshaphat Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast to all Judea. So Judea gathered together to ask for help for the Lord. They were asking for help. They were praying and asking the Lord for help. And then it goes on to say that everyone from the cities came. In verse 5, it says, Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court, and he prayed. Jehoshaphat became overwhelmed and immediately began a fast and prayer. He made prayer his first line of defense. That's what we need to do as Christians. You know, usually our human nature, when we feel overwhelmed or we feel like this is too much to bear with in life, we start trying to plan, we start trying to prioritize, we start trying to schedule. How can I get all this in order? I don't know what to do, but there's some things that I have to do. But let me encourage you that we are to pray before we plan. Now, planning is great. Prioritizing is great. Scheduling is great. Usually, if you do all these things, they help you to avoid problems. But let me tell you, we ought to pray before we plan. We must turn to God, you know, before we turn to our plans. Prayer should be the first choice, not our last resort. We shouldn't try to plan, prioritize, nothing works out, and then we pray to God. Well, I did everything out of my own strength, and now it didn't work out. Prayer should be the first thing that we do. For a Christian, praying is supposed to be like breathing. It's supposed to be easier to, you know, it's just supposed to come natural, come easy. It's just direct communication to the Lord. There's no problem too big to pray about, no problem too small. Let me tell you, if if your problem is big enough to worry about, then it's big enough to pray about. If your problem is little enough to worry about, then it's little enough to pray about. You know, when we come to God with our specific requests, God promises us. Even if he don't specifically answer our request right now, sometimes it ain't ain't ready for that thing to just be manifested yet. Sometimes it's for the benefit of us to just keep waiting, to keep pressing in, to keep having faith, to just keep moving forward. You know, sometimes if a prayer may be answered too soon, it may be the wrong time. The person you're praying for, the situation you're praying for, maybe God has a better plan in the background that you can't even see yet. And let me also encourage you that prayers that are un- unprayed will be prayers unanswered. If you ain't praying about it, how's it ever going to be answered? I mean, God knows what's on your heart, but if you don't pray about it, how's it ever going to be answered? You know, there's a process that we have to do. There's a step that we have to do. You know, that, that, that there's a process. You know, when we pray, we are praying in faith. We are trusting on the Lord. Hebrews 11, 1 says, Tell us the faith. Tell us that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Perhaps no other component in a Christian life is more important than faith. You know, we cannot purchase it. We cannot sell it. We cannot give it away. You know, faith is our belief and devotion to God. A lack of prayer demonstrates a lack of faith, and a lack of faith demonstrates a, demonstrates a lack of trust in God. You know, we pray to demonstrate our faith that God is going to do what he said he was going to do, and he's going to do what he promised. So, you know, prayer is plugging into the Lord. That's plugging in. That is our direct lifeline to heaven. Every Christian should pray immediately before planning. No matter what we go through, we must remain trusting God, and we must make prayer our very first priority in our line of defense against all the problems of the world, against any crisis, any dilemma, any situation. Prayer is a first lifeline. Our next step, when overwhelmed, after we pray, we turn our focus to the Lord. Turn your focus. Redirect your vision. Redirect what you're focusing on. If you're always looking at that bill, it's never going to pay itself. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 3 through 4, and it says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast to all Judea, So Judea gathered together to ask for help. And from all the cities, they came to seek the Lord. They changed their focus. They could have sat there and focused on the armies coming around them to overtake them. But they changed their focus and redirected it to the Lord. Immediately after Jehoshaphat heard the approaching armies, he was determined to seek the Lord. Not to find God his first time in fear. This was not the first time he ever turned to God. But he looked to God for wisdom for discernment, and and to understand his will in this situation. Sometimes we need to understand God's will in our situation. The moment can be overwhelming, but sometimes when you're in a pressure cooker, the Lord's trying to promote you to put you at a different level spiritually, you know, to just do things in the background. Maybe people are watching you. You've been a Christian for 20-plus years, and you were in a pressure cooker, and the Lord, you know, they're wanting to see what makes you different when you're facing the same situations I'm facing. James 4.8 says, Come close to God and he will come close to you. To focus is to direct one's attention to something. If we are focused on Christ, then he has our attention. This is why developing a prayer life is so important. Because when we pray we speak to the Lord, we're actually putting him at the front of our minds. When we are praying, we're instantly out of the situation we're going through, and we're praying to the Lord, and now when the Lord was in the back of your mind, he's in the front because you're saying, Lord, I don't know what to do. I just need your help, Lord. I pray, Father God, you deliver me out of this situation. You're redirecting your focus. I feel like oftentimes whenever we get through a tough situation, we just try to grab hold of it, and we try to run with it and do it on our own. We must trust the Lord. He is our only protector. Psalm 25, 15 says, My eyes are ever on you, Lord, for only he will release my feet from the snare. Jesus Christ is our only way. He is our only Savior, and he alone has the power of deliverance. When we set our focus on God and we pray, we are turning our focus off of the problem. I don't have enough help, then pray. I don't have enough wisdom, then pray. I don't have enough energy, then pray. I have no favor, then pray. You know, I have no opportunities in life, then pray. When we pray, we are actually turning the problem to the solution, which is God. We are redirecting our focus and turning it to our way maker. Corey Ten Boom said this, If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look at God, you'll be at rest. That's directing your focus on God. Getting it off the world, getting it off yourself, and putting your focus just on God. Everything depends what you're focused on. If we all focus on the negativities of life, then we're going to be a negative person. If you're focused on the overwhelming situation, you're just going to be overwhelmed all the time. Life's not always easy. But if you focus on the bad things in life, that's all, that's all you're going to be. You're going to be walking around with stinking thinking. <laughs> our focus needs to be not how big our problem is, but how big our God is. Amen. God is all-powerful. God is in control. God is all-knowing. You know, God, if, with God, all things are possible. There's no valley too deep. There's no ocean too, too, too uh, rough. There's no mountain too high, no storm too severe, no pit too deep. You know, the same God that rescued Joseph from the pits, the same God that's going to rescue you, the same God that transformed Paul on the road to Damascus is the same God that's going to transform you, the same God that answered Hezekiah's prayers and added 15 years to his life is the same God that's going to add to your life. We serve the same God that everyone in the Bible served. If he blessed them, he's going to bless us. If we pray and we ask for the things of the Lord and his will, he's going to give them to us. Redirect your focus off your problems. With God, all things are possible. It's adjusting our focus and taking our eyes off of the problem and put it on the solution. Our third topic we're going to talk about is uh, when we're overwhelmed, sometimes it's good to just look back at what God has already done. You know, we get caught up in life and, and next thing we know we done blew up all the bridges behind us and we never look back and remember what God has delivered in our past. Everything that God's done in our past. I mean, you've made it this far second chronicles 25 through 7 it says then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judea in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before a new court and he said oh Lord God of our fathers are you not the God in heaven and did, did you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations and in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you are you not the God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham Abraham your friend forever after Israel entered the promised land you know God wasn't done and neither was Jehoshaphat he remembers that God still loves his people you know he he remembers that God claims them for himself and he knew that God was going to save and protect him against any affliction throughout the Bible God rains down promises for his people throughout all centuries and these promises that are made are just as much for them as they are us. One reason we can be sure that God loves us is that he keeps fulfilling these promises. Over and over in the Bible, in the church, you know, all over the world. Uh, you know, bringing people to Christ. So the same God that was delivering them, Jesus delivering them on the cross, is the same one that's paying all our sins today. And let me tell you. I've been overwhelmed in life. I've been through wrecks. I've been through back injuries. I've been through drug problems. I've been through family problems, financial ruins, bankruptcies, foreclosures. I mean, I've lost businesses. I mean, I've been through, I feel like I've been through the ringer, you know. I mean, I'm only 37, but I feel like I've lived seven lives, I tell you that. And I will tell you one thing, through all that, I tried to do all that to the very end. And it wasn't until I changed who I was focused on. And gave it all to the Lord and gave my life to the Lord and, and rededicated my life and told Jesus I'm going to follow him until everything just seemed to get easier. There were still problems. Don't get me wrong. But I was able to handle the problems with, in, in a different way. They didn't affect me the way they, they did. I may have been worried a little bit, but I wasn't on the floor crying for hours like I was. You know, the only good thing about a pit is all you got to do is look up and see Jesus. I know if he's helped me in my past, he's going to help me in my future. I know if he's delivered me in my past, he's going to deliver me in my future. I know if he has overcome everything in my life that I've already been through, I know anything that's going to come against me further in my life, he's going to overcome them too. I've redirected my steps. I've redirected my life. I've redirected my heart, my mind, my way of thinking, my focus. Every one of you know, know, knows what God's done in your life. Everyone in here has a testimony. You online, you have a testimony. You know what God's done. Don't ever forget that. Sometimes we got to look back, see what God has done, so we know what he's going to do. That's deliver us. When overwhelmed, the Lord says in in Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am the Lord. I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am the Lord your God. I will strengthen you and help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So our fourth and final thing that we need to do. When we are overwhelmed, you need to know the battle belongs to the Lord. It's not your fight. It's not your fight. We think it's our fight, but it's not our fight. Second Chronicles 20, verse 15, it says, And the Lord said, I mean, and he said, Listen, all you of Judea and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord, Do not be afraid nor dismayed, because of his great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but it's God's. Then you scroll down to verse 17. He reassures them again. You will not need to fight in this battle. You don't need to fight in this battle. Reassures them again. This ain't your battle. You don't need to fight in this battle. And then once again, he tells them, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them for the Lord is with you. When you go to bed and you're focused on your problem and you feel overwhelmed, know the Lord's with you. It's his battle. You need to pray, need to change your focus Look back what the Lord's already done and now know the battles, the battles of the Lord's it ain't yours anymore you know, do not be afraid, be, do not be dismayed the same thing he told Jehoshaphat it's the same thing he's telling us the battle is not yours, do not fear because God wants to reveal his holiness, his love and his power in all of our lives Many times we struggle to stand and wait on the Lord and we put our spiritual armor on and we think we're just going to run into battle because I have all my armor on. But in Ephesians 6, it says, put the armor of God on and then stand. It doesn't say, put the armor of God on and run. It says, put the armor of God on and stand and be protected. It is when we realize that the battle is the Lord's and we stand before him with our eyes fixed on him that we can see deliverance. The battles we face can seem overwhelming, but you must remember the fight belongs to the God, belongs to God. The adversary, you know, he he runs around prowling like a, a roaring lion, seeking to isolate and destroy us. He wants to pull us by ourselves and isolate us so that we can just be all up in our thoughts. We have nobody to come to and counsel with, to encourage us, to uplift us, to pray with us. He wants to isolate you and put you in a pit. That's what the devil wants to do. But that's not what God wants to do. He wants us to seek him, and he's going to fight the battle. God, in his gracious mercy, mercy, tells us to prepare, stand firm, and to trust him in the fight, not to go fight. If we're going to fight, we fight through prayer. That's how we fight the battle. All through the scripture, we find evidence of God fighting our battles. You know, he parted the sea for Moses and his people, and then he closed it over to the enemies. He led people into war to conquer the promised land, but it was because of God that they won. It wasn't because of their battle skills, it was because of God. You know, we are more than conquerors because the Lord fights our battles. We're not more conquerors because we go fight our battles, it's the other way around. We become conquerors because the Lord fights our battles. You know, the, what I've realized is that even myself, the reason many people become tired, grow weary, and want to give up is because they don't realize that the battle belongs to the Lord. They want to do everything on their own. You know, we don't have the knowledge and the power to fight the ways of the devil. You know, We try frantically to make things happen, and they just exhaust us. We do things out of our own strength, but God is just saying, trust him. You know, A lot of times, we think we're fixer-uppers. Human beings love to fix things. A lot of the times that we think all the problems in the world are ours to solve. You know, we think we can fix relationship problems. We think that we can fix our office. We think that we can fix the fault of others when half the time we can't even fix the fault that we have in ourselves, You know, whenever we exhaust our efforts to try to fix things, you know, we usually experience failure. The thing about that, when we experience failure... A lot of people try to run back to God and they think that they're a failure. They think that I have let you down, God. It's just, I'm sorry. I've tried so hard to fight this battle and I've let you down. But the important thing is, is that we didn't let God down because we ain't holding him up. We're not the one holding God up. God's holding us up. It's his battle. God says it's not your battle in the first place. It's mine. It's mine. Many of us grow tired and we grow weary and we come to a place to where we're just ready to give up. And honestly, when you're ready to give up, I think this is one of the best places to be. Once you realize that you're not in control of your life, God can begin taking control of your life. You know, we didn't choose our parents. We didn't choose where we were born. There was 300 million other options. (laughs) But you won the race. You know, you didn't choose where you were born. You didn't even choose your spiritual giftings. You know, all these things are out of our control. And honestly, about the only things we can control in our life is our attitude and our trust in God. That is two things that we can control in our life is our attitude towards others, our attitude in our situations, our attitude towards people, our attitude towards our family, and then how much we're going to trust God. How much are you going to trust God when you feel overwhelmed? We don't need to get worried. We don't need to grow upset. You know, with God, we are on the winning side. I know there's evil in the world, but let me tell you, at the end of the book of the Bible, it says that we win in the end. You win. You're a winner. Remember that. When life seems overwhelming, as I'm coming to a close, you know, I don't know what's overwhelming you today or what battles you're trying to fight. You may be a parent just trying to make ends meet. You know, you may be an emotional wreck, you may be discouraged, depressed, you may be fearful, you may be anxious, you may be worried, you you know, you may just be full of anger and resentment to the people in your past of what the things that they've done to you. Maybe you're going through marital problems, you know, maybe the things in life are just overwhelming, your work is overpressuring, you know, you just feel like you can't get nothing done. Maybe some of you are just in a place where you feel like, I'm just wore out because financially I just can't make ends meet. You may feel to the point of giving up. But let me tell you, God says this is great. Because when you give up, I give in. When you give up, I give in. You know, when you get tired of of trying to break that chain off your ankle, let me take control of it. I'm the one that takes the snare off your feet, is what the Lord says. The battle is his, and God is our champion. As we're closing I want to give a few takeaways and they're basically the if you're gonna take away something when you're overwhelmed be rooted in prayer first thing of action is pray, pray about it, pray about it next turn your focus off the problem and turn it to your God because your God is bigger than your problem third is when you're overwhelmed look back at what God's already done I know I can look out in this audience, and I I know some of you online, God has done some great victories in your life. Powerful testimonies of deliverance, of restoration, of healing, answered prayers, kids coming back home. God's done mighty things in y'all's life. And fourth, when you're overwhelmed, remember that the battle belongs to the Lord, He's already won. If you're a Christian, you're born again, you're saved, the battle's won, you you already got victory. That's what the Bible says. You are a winner, no matter what the problem looks like. So as we close tonight, I'd like to close in prayer. And I want to ask, you know, if any of you here online have never, or you online or here on campus have never accepted the Lord as your personal Savior, Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to give an opportunity. You know, if you died tomorrow, would you go to heaven? You know, one thing that we have to do is we got to change our life and give it to the Lord. If you could just bow your head, we're going to say a quick prayer. You online, I just pray that if you have a hardened heart, heart that you just open it up to the Lord and let him become the champion in your life. And it starts with accepting him. Dear Heavenly Father, I just come to you as a sinner. And I thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Please, Father, forgive me. And come into my life and take control. Lord, I want to receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. Now help me to live the rest of my life for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If that's the first time you've ever said that, let me tell you that you are on the right road. You're on the right path now. The next step is you need to get a closer, intimate, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And how do you do that? You just, you get rid of all that sin. You repent for them things in your life. You change your, your focus. You change your direction. Instead of listening to that stuff that you're listening to, listen to worship music. Listen to the Word of God. Redirect your life. Which, you know, the, the Bible says that, that what, what is coming out of your mouth is what your heart's filled with. If it ain't coming out with Jesus, with love, with peace, with joy, you know, then, then maybe you need to kind of clean out the closet a little bit.